0: Now, when when we're saying upcycle, we also mean that uh, I will give a nice analogic that I'm used to, and it's a bit uh, uh, funny, but when I'm looking at my children, I give them a good food, a healthy food, that they will not be sick. That's because I'm taking care of the problem upcycle. But if I were doing the downcycle logic, I would say, okay, I will give them crappy food, food that will hurt them, and then when they will be sick, I will take care of them with medicine, or I will take care of them. And I think that this analogy explains why it's a big, big problem to use plastic and saying, let's
1: recycle it up. Welcome to Mindful Businesses, presented by Sirani, and I'm your host Padma Ayer. In our podcast, we bring to you brands which are mindful in their practices and processes. A mindful business adopts and employs sustainable, social, economic, and environmental practices. Today, we have with us Joseph Siani, CTO and founder of W Cycle, naturally replacing plastics. He joins us from Israel. Welcome Joseph.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Most people are probably unaware of the fact that plastics was invented as an eco-friendly alternative as a way to reduce dependence on natural resources. Isn't that kind of ironic now we are trying to find an eco-friendly alternative to plastic? Yeah I never thought about it like that
0: but yeah you're right it's very funny then in the 50s, 60s, when the plastic was uh, invented, it was, you know, the eco-friendly solution for a lot of product that, uh, you know, everybody was happy to get it. And, and, and in fact, it's, it's, it's an amazing product. I mean, it's something that if you look at that, it's everywhere, wherever we go, it's in our clothes, it's in our, I don't know, in our food, <laughs> it's everywhere. And in our chairs, in our cars, And it's really helped, you know, to help us in our daily life. And I think that uh, the purpose has uh, been achieved, what (laughs) we thought 180 years ago. But the problem is that we don't know how to to use that and how to reuse that and how to get rid of that. So, you know, the golden boy become a very problematic (laughs) A a situation that we cannot handle that anymore it is funny
1: yeah typical plastic how long does it take to decompose like say you take a car bumper or in your context say a plastic tray you know the ones that they serve food in a takeaway or a takeout counter you know
0: it's a very complicated question because nobody knows i mean even if I will tell you 1,000 years, it will be amorphous. No, nobody knows how long it takes to it will be compostable, and nobody knows actually what will happen when it will be, you know, very very small particles. So, but we do know that it takes it more than uh, 100 years, 200 years, even to change shape even to be microfiber, Let's say it's here to stay. Every kilo that we're doing, it will be very hard to take it back or whatever, or to recycle that.
1: And also the other impact of plastic is that most plastics are made out of petroleum. So you have that environmental impact too. So while making it, you're causing harm. And then it's not even able to decompose for say about a minimum of yeah. 100 years, yeah. you know? So it's like both ways, it's, it's bad. So...
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the, the oil is also a big issue. So if you look at all the cycle of the plastics, so even the, you know, the raw material itself, by itself, it's a big issue. Yeah. So even the end product, it's something that we talk about, but all the cycle is, is quite, quite problematic.
1: What are the different kinds of plastics that are used in the food industry? Because like you said, plastic is ubiquitous. It's used in your car bumpers. It's used in your straws. It's used in takeout containers, your shampoo bottles. Let's just focus on the food industries. What are the different types of plastics, waste that is created by the food industry?
0: We have a lot of different kinds of plastics. I mean, we can go to 100 kind of types. But the major kinds of product that we know is, you know, the PET, the polypropylene, the PE that we're all familiar. That's basically the main product that we people bump into daily life. The majority in the food industry is basically all the containers, the food the, uh, containers that we know are quite small in in all the in all the percentages of the plastic that we produce so we produce around 350 million ton a year of plastic and only 40% from that goes to the food industry now the food industry is divided to two so we have a flexible plastic and we have a rigid plastic. The flexible plastic is, you know, like all the snakes that we pack all the... The cookies are there in this? All the flow pack that we see around, the bags that we, we're doing. And the rigid one is the containers that we use for the food, from ready meals to cookies that we're putting, as we said, and then even to uh, let's say uh, the cream cheese and, and all these kind of uh, sauces. Everything can be packed in plastic. Now, I think that the major that we focus on is yeah, on the food service, is on the rigid plastic.
1: When you say rigid plastic that you are trying to focus on, can you give me some specifics? What are you trying to focus on?
0: Yes. When you go into the supermarket, you can see that uh, most of the meat that they packing, most of the ready meals been uh, packed in some kind of trays. And the trays themselves are mainly from either polypropylene or PET or kind of pretty. And these trays are made out of petroleum. And this is the segment that we focused on to replace. The idea was at the beginning to focus on, we initially wanted to eliminate all plastic in the world, but uh, it's, it will be kind of uh, hard because we think about plastic. There is no uh, way you can uh, even imagine to handle this amount of plastic. So the rigid plastic is a good place for us to start. We
1: have 40% of all the plastic consumed in the world is used in the food industry. And then how much do you think you would be able to place with your product? And we will come to your product, which I think is really awesome after that.
0: It's quite hard to know the numbers, but think about when you're coming to replace a product like plastic, You have a lot of uh, challenges in the way that only after you understand that these challenges are very, very high. The first challenge is, of course, you know, the plastic is very cheap product. When you come into replace plastic, you have to think about the price and the ability of the plastic. It's very strong. It's very rigid. And also it's, you know, contain liquids and that is the main thing about plastic that it's it can hold the liquid very easy and you can close the food inside and then you make a, or a safe, clean product for the customer. And, and that is a very important thing. Now, when you're coming to replace plastic, you think what kind of product you can bring to, let's say, compete with such a good product like plastic and with your permission i will give you also the brief of how do i start it and and maybe that will give you the clue how do i got to the position of getting to the material that we're working today
1: that'd be awesome let's talk about
0: your journey at the beginning when i was young and beautiful i was starting (laughs) and i was i was traveling the world i was in the awareness of plastic is uh, something that is very bad for the environment, but we cannot do anything because uh, the replacements are not there. Nobody bring any uh, a replacement back in the 1995 or 2000. And back then I was uh, traveling in Italy, and, and I found a, a friend of mine that was very ecological guy that you know is always always been uh, in the against plastic movement uh, in his life, and and I saw that he's using uh, diapers, that is using uh, one time use diapers and uh, and you know a diaper is the most uh, unecological uh, product right. right and I was a bit uh, shocked and I asked him hey, Mathieu, what are you doing I mean you are against plastic and he said yeah this is a compostable diaper and then the first time I was uh, uh, realized that uh, there is some materials that are bioplastic that made out of corn made out of sugar that can replace uh, the plastic, petroleum plastic that we know. And since then, basically, I started to investigate more and more the materials that are out there to replace plastic. And slowly, slowly, I was stuck to the idea of uh, bringing a company to life and starting to give more effort to that idea to replace plastic in the world. So at the beginning, I was uh, very in bioplastic materials, meaning, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the PLA, uh, PHB. And and all these kind of materials that made out of uh, starch and made out of uh, corn. And it was, let's say, in that time, I was sure that, you know, in a couple of years, the government will set up and will say no more to the plastic because we, you know, we have a solution. Mm -hmm. Although it's a bit more expensive, but I was sure that it will work.
1: When you say government, you thought there'd be some regulation which would say, okay... No more plastics in the food industry, at least, and you have to switch to a more eco-friendly plastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a normal, uh, right world, <laughs> I mean, uh, if, we, if we would be deciding about, you know, the next stage, even economically, you know, I was sure that you know, everybody would sit there and say, okay, listen, well, let's start to reduce plastic and bring compostable products. But I realized that it will not happen first. The, the second one, I realized that uh, the plastic, that uh, the bioplastic was made out of corn that have a little... Be problems from a lot of people's side, meaning that uh, we're using food for packaging. So instead of eating it, we're making packaging and, and, and that's that's a problem. So slowly, slowly, I was investigating and seeing what would be the right product that will not be food mm-hmm. and will be byproduct and can do the work. Mm-hmm. After a while, uh, uh, I was uh, investigating the idea of uh, bringing the pulp back because back then we saw that uh, there is a lot of uh, sugarcane product that made out of bagasse, quite fit to the to the mission to replace plastic. And I was investigating uh, the idea of uh, sugarcane as a product, and it was quite amazing because it was a product that you know it's a byproduct for the sugar industry that is much cheaper than plastic and it's abundant i was thinking wow a eureka mm-hmm. but the big problem was that paper or cellulose in the nature made for bringing water right. up to the to the tree i right. mean it's supposed to suck liquid from the bottom up that the tree can drink in his top leaves. And uh, that was a problem when you want to put food inside that, that tray, that product. So slowly, slowly, I understood that uh, we need some work here to see how we can uh, make homophobic product, meaning a liquid-proof product that will solve the problem of drinking a liquid and using this
1: product. What is your background? Are you a materials engineer? Because the whole cellulose process is not very easy. It's chemistry, It's you have to work with it, and then testing. How did you even think about starting something like this? And what is your educational background? My
0: background is, is very, very unique because I
1: came from
0: a lot of studying. Say I was studying to be a teacher. I was studying like philosophy and I was studying a bit chemistry and I was studying a bit nanomaterials. And everything is, you know, a bit, a bit, a bit mm-hmm. because of my curiosity. And I don't have a main focus but i do understand that i'm autodidact so everything that i want i'm i'm learning by myself mm-hmm. I, I cannot put me in a capsule and saying i'm a chemistry or i'm a teacher or i'm come from philosophy idea
1: but what was your work uh, experience so, before w cycle where did you work nothing i was
0: traveling i was traveling all around <laughs> the world <laughs> I, don't, I, I was not in the loop of the study and universities and stuff like that. I only, yeah, I was traveling along and all around the world. And I think that...
1: You were taught by the best teacher in travel. Yeah, I think that because I was traveling all around the world
0: and I was studying whatever I want, I think that it's opened my mind for a better solution. Because think about it, if I was in industry, so it was a bit putting me under, you know, some... Uh, rules that might not bring me to the place where I am. From my point of view, I think that uh, uh, the studying is something that is very important, but it's supposed to be today more precise, because today the knowledge is in our hands. The development of yourself is more important to go to the place of uh, you know, studying something. That's my opinion, but not everybody thinks like that. Yeah,
1: but but I think that's fantastic that you chose this alternate career because most of the other founders or the CTOs that we have spoken to said, oh, you know, I worked here and I had this experience and I took that experience and I did this. But you are self-taught and you brought your experience, your worldly experience as a young and beautiful man. (laughs) And, you know, brought it to create a biodegradable product. Yeah,
0: just another word. I think that it's a mission of my life. This is how I see it. I mean, it's more a mission than my work, because in the end of the day, I know that I have to integrate between, you know, a company that will earn money and, you know, something that will be organized right. And the second thing is also uh, the idea of, uh, making good in the world and bringing uh, end of plastic uh, in the right way. These two things have to work together. I think that... the mission to put them both is my challenge. I prefer to stay on the only the reducing plastic, but I think that the company is very important as well. Right, you right. Know, to do it right, right. and to, to bring it uh, bring it to the right level. Right, right. And it's a very important part in my, uh, in my journey. Right. I will explain also what I mean. Mm-hmm.
1: Talk a little bit about your product. I'm not sure how I came across your product, but I was really fascinated because especially... In the airline industry, I don't like the plastic trays. I, I sometimes don't eat it because it just comes piping hot in these plastic trays. I just feel <laughs> <laughs> all these bad things bleaching into my food. So talk a little bit about your yeah. product. The product made out of, uh, basically, we choose
0: the pulp. We choose the cellulose as our uh, main product. We choose that because of the abundance of the material. And also, we believe that this product is amazing, the pulp, the cellulose. We can do a lot of things with that. And I think that we are in the beginning of uh, the beautiful journey that really really can replace plastic. if you look at the at pulp you can see around you that everything that's made every tree every flower made out of pulp at the end of his life can use it as a packaging and this is how we see the product the product that we invented is basically um, we use the molded fiber industry for uh, the structure and we Mera, a formula that basically makes the fibers resist to the liquid, meaning that it will not absorb the liquid, any liquid.
1: How did you do that?
0: It's a chemistry, Mm -hmm. uh, organic chemistry way to do that. And I think that basically less important how the the, the idea is that uh, it's becoming, you know, like you're doing it in the process of molded fiber, you mix it into the water and eventually uh, what you get is any shape that you want to do you can put liquid inside and it will not observe the liquid. That's the beauty of that. So you can put any food inside and the fibers will stay, we don't say dry, but it will stay unobserved. Mm-hmm. And you can use and you can put food inside for as much as you want. It will, not, it will stay like plastic, but at the end of the use, you can throw that to the compost and it will become a, a compostable mm-hmm. product. So that's that's the beauty of that. Can I put
1: soup in it, like hot soup? And how long yes, how long will it stay soup. without leaking? Soup
0: you can put you can put water there as much as you want, and it will not uh, liquid and it will not absorb. The only thing it will go as a steam and you know evaporate it, but it will not absorb. If you put it in the fridge, we tested it for four five months. Nothing will happen to it. Of course, if we're talking about absorption of the material, the material, the soup itself, if it's open, it will get dry after four or five months. But the idea is, yes, it will not absorb the food.
1: And can it withstand the different temperatures? You know, we talked about plastics, how versatile it is. It can be used to freeze and to hot things so you know, yeah. you know zero to so, from 0 degrees to so the product that we call it super as a code name the
0: product itself basically can hold up to 270 degree celsius meaning i think 512 fahrenheit i'm, I'm not sure and and it's we tested that with soup with one of the biggest companies in uh, the UK the and they tested that in a special um, oven that You know, they wanted to cook fast, so they tested that for 30 seconds, that the soup will boil fast. And for other products like ready meals, we can put that in 220 degrees for 20, 30 minutes with no problem. We can put it 180 for 40, up to an hour, and uh, it stays beautiful. We cook that with one of our customers uh, for 14 hours, 140 degrees. And is making their uh, special uh, dough uh, product that uh, you eat it like that, but but, but it needs a long cook. Mm-hmm. All the product that you use inside, even with the high greasy product, the tray is uh, working beautifully, exactly like we wanted to. The, we're really happy about the, this product, and hopefully we will uh, going to the next one now and uh, to innovated the next generation meaning that the new product will be also high barrier that it will not transfer a, a air <laughs> between the gaps of the fiber
1: wow wow so so what you're saying the steam being released that won't even happen so it'll be a much tighter material
0: it will be the same material but say with a broader you will be able to do a lot of things think about long shelf life that uh, Uh, you're doing today it needs some barrier from the air Mm. so that's what we want to do today the fiber is something that air can go through that Mm -hmm. so if if you're doing molded fiber uh, the air could go through and the next generation what we're planning to do is basically to make in the gaps of the fibers our material to be let's say be much more high density Mm -hmm. and to give a some barrier properties to the new application. Mm-hmm.
1: Who's your co-founder? And you have an interesting background, um, how you started the startup. It was started in a kibbutz? Yeah, because,
0: because I know that my mind is more on the innovative uh, stuff. Uh, I was looking for a partner that will be on the ground, much more on the ground than me and much more business-wise. And that's what I meant when I told you that I'm focusing on two areas, the companies and the idea, the ideological part. And it's very important for me that the company eventually will get up in the morning and understand that everybody that here is, is on a mission. And on a mission and that he will feel in his heart that he's coming for something that's very important. Mm-hmm. Of course, that is very important part. We have the other part that uh, also everybody that comes here understands that it's a company and it must bring money to the company. And these two things must work together. So I found a guy that uh, his name is Leo and he's uh, my partner in this uh, journey. And he's more on the business part. Mm-hmm. And together, uh, basically, we are starting to move this ship towards our goals. And I'm very happy to meet him. Really help us. Of course, we have also a couple of investors that uh, help us with the capital and the money. So one of them is the kibbutz.
1: What is a kibbutz? Kibbutz is, is an idea
0: that raised on 1920, I think. Isn't that old? catapult was in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It was starting when the Jewish people started to come to Israel, and basically they wanted to make, make cities in all kinds of different places, but it was quite hard, so they uh, made groups that uh, believe in uh, socialism. Basically, everybody works together, and everybody gets the same amount of money, and at the end of the day, you have food on the table, and the kibbutz is taking care of all of your things. So it gives you house, it gives you food, it gives you education. And basically you work uh, in several uh, things that the kibbutz work with. And this is how you pass your life. It's a very interesting uh, place. Since then, it has a lot of changes from the Mm 1920s. And today the kibbutz is uh, over here in Gan Shmuel. It's quite the same, but uh, it's more oriented uh, uh, for Economic uh, scale, meaning that uh, they are working uh, together. For uh, let's say everybody works wherever he wants, but all the money goes together to the to the same bank account, and everybody has a budget. So it's a bit different. Once that the kibbutz was working inside, and today everybody working also inside and outside.
1: They also do investments, and they invested in your venture.
0: Yeah, yeah. The kibbutz today is more like a big company but it's a family company that also live in the work in the company you understand i mean it's quite funny yeah it's, it's yeah I do, I do i do it's it's like about a company but they sleep in the company right, so they right. have houses in the company right so yeah they invested in us as future product that uh, they understood that plastic has to be uh, replaced and basically they do believe in us uh, as the material that uh, we did they believe in us we are going to the right way and together with them and another two private investors uh, we raised the company also we made this uh, some nice movement on uh, the product itself we made a patent on it we have some New customers, and we're starting to grow very nice. Hopefully, we will have a solution, a bigger solution for uh, what we're looking for, and make a bigger impact on the industry. And that's what we aiming The Idea basically in the product is after a lot of time in the packaging industry, and I understand that very clearly today. Our idea is to come with a product that will be cost-effective. That's the main thing. That. Is something that it will be outside a cost effective a product that also be compostable. So you have other compostability, it's a green product, it must be coming from a by product material, meaning that I cannot take my raw material if it's from a petroleum or food from people or whatever i just need something to the leftover of something Mm -hmm. and to use that is very very important to us as well and we believe that we can solve that
1: Mm -hmm. and i think you touch on a really important point of sustainable practices it's called circular design where you take repurpose a byproduct into something which again Goes back to the soil and is biodegradable. So this you complete this whole circle. So you don't create something new and you don't absolutely uh, you know leave anything behind. That's the beauty about uh, W cycles products.
0: I think also you're right. That that's the beauty of uh, the idea. And, and I want to take uh, uh, with your permission a bit uh, speaking about how the recycling works mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. and, and put some light on that. And, and I think that it's very important what you said, because the focus here is very important to be uh, with a logical way, meaning that if we're talking about a product, we have to think about all the cycle. So today, when thinking about recycling, I'm thinking about I will produce plastic, I will take it out, use it, and then I will bring it in and clean it and make a new product mainly that it will be something that I don't need, a bench or a chair or whatever, but it will stay from plastic. And then I said that I recycled the product. Now, the big problem of recycling is, from my point of view, is, of course, we, we didn't succeed until now to recycle. I mean, the recycle percentages in, in the world are ridiculous. We are on, I think, uh, 3%, I think. And the, the, the idea to collect plastic back from my point of view, is to take care of the problem after you make it. So I don't know if you know the, the terms of down cycle and up cycle solution.
1: You can explain it for our listeners to know what is up cycle and what is yeah, down cycle. So,
0: so it's, very simp- it's very simple. It's very simple. And it's good that it's simple. The down cycle and the up cycle is the understanding that if I take... A product and use it, and then I have to collect it and clean it and you know recycle it. So I take care of the problem after I make it. Mm-hmm. So this is down cycle and the up cycle. I said, No, I, I, I will not even go into that problem, I will stop it at the beginning. I will not make the plastic that I will not have to, you know, I will not have to <laughs> take care of it and clean it after i will find something else to replace that so this is uh, to take care of the problem upcycle mm-hmm. at the beginning mm-hmm. now when when we're saying upcycle we also mean that i will give a nice uh, analogic that i'm used to and it's a bit uh, uh, funny but when i'm looking at my children i give them a good food a healthy food that they will not be sick that's because I'm taking care of the problem up-cycle. But if I were doing the down-cycle logic, I would say, okay, I will give them crappy food, food that will hurt them. And then when they will be sick, I will take care of them with medicine, or I will take care of them. And I think that this analogy explains why it's a big, big problem to use plastic and saying, let's recycle it up. And this is where we put our line and said, okay, the recycling is something that we are not going into that. So the power product as a determination must be when by mistake, even by mistake, it's not going to the compostable. It's let's say it's fell down on the street that after a while it will dissolve. No matter what happened, it will not stay as let's say forever. And that is very important. Even if you will take a tray from paper and you throw it to to the ocean, at the end of the day, it's like you throw a tree to the ocean or banana to the ocean. That's what it says. And if you take a plastic to the ocean, you get a Texas-sized island from plastic in in, in the ocean, and then you ask yourself, what I'm doing now? And
1: I I think you touched on a really good point, because there are a lot of products which out there which say they're commercially compostable. That means they can be composted only in a commercial setting. Your product can be put in my garden compost or on the street, for instance, if you really want to litter or you drop it in the street, it will dissolve. You don't have to do anything special. It doesn't need large equipment or anything else to compost it. That's exactly what you're trying to say, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So you did understood me. That's good. Of of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not that easy to understand this you know, it sounds simple, but eventually not all of the people understand that because it's not out there. And I think that it's very important that it will be out there. Simple and it's not uh, nice to say, but simple and stupid. It's very important that people will understand what they are doing and what the impact of the things.
1: How long does it take to biodegrade? It's, it's, it's
0: yeah, Let's say if you put that into the compostable uh, streaming so you can get uh, up to 180 uh, days uh, that the product will be dissolved to water uh, biomass and air. But if it's out there, it depends on, you know, on the type where it is. But I think that uh, after a cycle of a year, a year and a half, you will see that it's become particles and then it will be dissolved very fast. So it's not like a banana leaf because the banana leaf do have some uh, water inside. But uh, if you take a tray and you throw it to to the ground and, have a cycle of rain, and it will finish up after one, one and a half year, something like that.
1: Where is your manufacturing? Today
0: we are using a couple of places, and in these days we're raising a factory in Indonesia. The manufacturing side is a well-known molded fiber, so we are not inventing there anything. What we're bringing is the know-how of the recipe by that we're making a product that will be suitable and workable you know when customers getting product and it's starting to leak they don't like to touch it anymore and then they said oh the product is not good enough." and there it's very important to make a good product to the customers that will eventually hold the product feel it that it's quality product and it's very very important we, we notice that uh, because what they're doing is uh, today uh our product is competing with a plastic product. So it's very hard competition.
1: Do you source your raw, raw material in Indonesia or?
0: Yeah, we have a partner that manufacturing sugar and the sugar that they manufacturing is from sugarcane. So we taking the canes after they extract the sugars and we making a pulping from cellulose from the sugarcane. Uh, the leftover, it's a uh, lignin. Uh, we're succeeding to take the lignin and make it a fertilize uh, for uh, crops. And this is a very nice thing that making paper, but in economical way. Uh, and then after we're doing the cellulose, we molded the fiber into a molded fiber machine. And over there, after that, we're having the, product that we want so that is the cycle if you look at the full cycle you take leftover of the uh, industry of the sugar you make a product you use the product you're putting the ready meals inside let's say that it's for uh, children in the school so the children eat the food after how much uh, children eat 20 minutes seven minutes how much they're using it for 20 minutes they eat the the, the food and when they throw the trays, uh, either to compostable or whatever, then the product eventually will be biomass, water, and uh, air. So it will go back to the land. So that's a full cycle.
1: What is your distribution method? Are you just doing B2B? I saw something on your website that you were targeting airline industry and the you mentioned the meat packaging industry in the grocery stores. So do you do only B2B yeah. or if I'm having a party at home and I need disposable plates, can I get your
0: yeah. product? Uh, so unfortunately we, we do not uh, uh, making B2C, we're only working B2B. The, the thing is that B2B is very important for us because one of the thing in my bones, you know, burning is to make a big impact on the industry and the forte of our company is our recipe and our product is not distributing abilities. There is a lot of good companies that know how to distribute. When we're working B2B, we're working with distributions. So they doing the distributing and we are doing the product. That's why we are not going to the end user distribution. And I think that when we talk about the kind of the product of uh, meat industry or ready meals or whatever. What we aiming is any product that uh, you put food inside, uh, either uh, raw food or ready meals, and uh, you want to change your product to a uh, sustainable or even to reduce your you know, footprint, meaning that you're using today a tray and you want to replace only the tray. That's good enough. So we can help in that area.
1: There's no leaching like off order or flavor which gets transferred from your packaging to the food?
0: Not at all. No, not at all. Uh, think about it as a cellulose. It's a raw material basically that's made out of a plant. You know, even if it's leached to the food, you're eating cellulose. Right. But not not at all. Uh, we have all the certification that needed, meaning the FDA approved, the EN approved, the European uh, food grade approved, and also the compostable approving. So all the certification are there. What we planned before the corona was, yeah, to target the airlines, but unfortunately it was down and all this industry had a big, big, uh, bad impact. We are working uh, with them on a very small scale now because nobody's came back. But I believe that when they will be there uh, the food industry are also going to the ready meals that uh, we are there helping uh, to reduce plastic over there. We're targeting this section as well. And now we are going to the meat industry that uh, we are focusing on uh, fresh meat with the ability of uh, that we are not observing the, the liquid. So we have a lot of good impact on the trade that is not sulky. So not only meat, anything that you pack and you want some... Uh, durability you want some uh, product that will hold customers knows where to find us and they come to us. Mm-hmm.
1: and you know the talking about the pandemic and how habits have changed we went to a restaurant after like five months in our town and it was interesting they gave our food in disposable carry out containers and packed like as if you were carrying out so they had outdoor dining you sit there you eat but they bring your food packed in a bag, paper bag, and they leave it on your table. You take it out yourself and they have a disposable cutlery. you eat it out of these cardboard boxes and you put it back in this paper bag and the server takes it away. So this was a, a good restaurant, a fancy restaurant, which normally did not use paper or plastic, had tablecloths and china, but they have completely switched these models. And I actually felt more comfortable when everything was thrown away. I was more comfortable with this model. I felt safer that the food is coming straight from the kitchen where somebody's wearing a mask across the street to where I was sitting in a closed container not in an open plate and also the safety of the server you know she's not exposed to carrying my dirty plates back too right so the world is changing what is you lost in the airline industry would probably gain slowly slowly in the restaurant industry
0: yeah absolutely
1: you know It's
0: quite funny. From my point of view, I prefer to reduce uh, use of disposable uh, products. So, you know, as a matter of ideological thinking, I prefer to use, take a multiplied plate or, you know, to take a plate and and to wash it after. But I know that it's, in some places, it's very hard. The idea of uh, the new virus uh, times, our world, uh, a big change in in all that variety of uh, behavior. And I think that, you know, to use disposable as something that uh, will be cleaner can work. I hope that in that matter, people will more put attention on what kind of container they use. That's the main key. Meaning that uh, even containers with papers and lamination, that the laminated itself is from plastic, and that's not, uh, let's say, it's not solving our problem because, therefore, uh, the compostability or the disposable of the product will no longer will be if using uh, plastic uh, laminated on, on the tray. And, and I think that uh, when you want to solve one problem and you're bringing different kind of uh, solution that looks uh, green but is actually more problematic than the other one, that is something that is worried me. And, and hopefully people will uh, get to the position that they understand these kind of uh, things and it's coming from the people you know sometimes they demand a compostable trace or ask the owner to use as much as possible compostable product i I hope that it will come uh, this uh, awareness at the end of the day it will give us uh, a greener and nicer place to to live on our
1: I think you hit the nail on the head of exactly what our podcast wants to do. It wants to give consumers these alternatives. Consumers have the power to change. And if the consumers know these green alternatives and they demand that the airline industry or the restaurant or the electronics packaging industry, for that matter, if you, they communicate that they want a more uh, sustainable product. It will happen. So, part of our mission is to educate the consumers. Use your power, and try to make a more mindful world.
0: Absolutely, I think the new generation is more understand the situation, and and more likely he will change the things. Mm-hmm. He will be more. Rational on on that matter.
1: Thank you so much, Joseph, for coming on Mindful Businesses. We've really, really enjoyed talking to you. Well,
0: it was really, really nice talking to you.
1: <laughs> if you're a creator of a mindful brand or would like to recommend a mindful brand to be featured on our show, send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram page. If you learned a thing or two from this episode, share it with a friend. Like share our Instagram and Facebook page. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. We recorded this podcast in Lafayette, Indiana. Tatum Gale composed the music for this podcast. This is Vidya I for Mindful Businesses.